Welcome to the Under a Pile of Books podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Park. It's been a great week for me. I've had a ton of fun, but I've actually not read that many books. This is pretty unusual for me. Normally, I'm reading at least two or three books a week, sometimes as many as four. And uh, this past week, I've been on vacation, been having a great time doing sort of vacation things. I'm out of the house and uh, around seeing some sights and, and all of that sort of thing. So I've not had as much time to read this week. Before we jump, however, into what I have been able to read, uh, I will say that I've spent a lot of time playing Divinity Original Sin uh, by Larian Studios. It's a great game. Uh, A little old now, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is actually out, uh, and Larian is currently working on Baldur's Gate 3, which I am sure will be amazing, and I'm super excited that they're actually the ones working uh, on Baldur's Gate. Uh, I think that's... that. It's like a perfect fit for them as a studio. Uh, Anyway, Divinity Original Sin, I've had a lot of fun playing that over the uh, past week. Uh, It's a great game. If you haven't played it before and you're into sort of uh, isometric-ish RPGs with lots of loot and crafting systems and uh, cool leveling systems and all of that, uh, Divinity is definitely one you should check out. I'll be honest, this game has the best use of elemental attacks and status effects that I've ever seen in an RPG. Normally, most RPGs, even ones that I absolutely love, like, say, Dragon Age, I find most of the status effects and elemental effects to be largely missable. And in Divinity Original Sin, that is not the case at all. So if you haven't played this yet, definitely give it a try. Now, let's jump into the books that I've actually read this week. So, first off, I have to apologize. I actually missed a book in last week's weekly pod, uh, and so I need to to mention it this week. And that book uh, is The Resurrectionist of Caligo. This is an arc that I received through NetGalley. So, once again, thank you to NetGalley for that and uh, to the publisher. The Resurrectionist of Caligo is published by Angry Robot, which is probably like one of my favorite uh, smaller presses. And anyway, it's it's a really interesting story. It's it's sort of a fantasy noir mystery set in this Victorian esque secondary world. So it's uh, it was a lot of fun. Interesting characters, kind of a interesting magic system. I I wish the magic system maybe actually would have been fleshed out just a little bit more because I felt like uh, there were maybe some questions I had about uh, different aspects to to magic that never really got answered. But nevertheless, it was a fun book worth checking out. Uh, My review for that will uh, go up sometime in uh, probably the next couple weeks. It'll be out anyway before release day, uh, which I think is September 10th or something around along those lines. So the resurrection of Caligo, resurrectionist of Caligo. Uh, so uh, keep, keep that kind of on your radar and be watching for a review for that coming up. Now, as I said, I actually had missed that in the, the previous week. So that, that was one that I read two weeks ago or whatever. This past week, I finished 
Beggar's Rebellion, which I'd started at the the end of the previous week, and you might have heard it heard that briefly mentioned on last week's pod. Beggar's Rebellion by Levi Jacobs was great. I enjoyed it. Fun read. Uh, epic fantasy, very much uh, lots of action, but a good deal of world building as well. And this one, maybe my favorite thing about it was the magic system. It's a really interesting magic system where uh, it's fueled. That is the, the magic, the ability to do magic, magical power is fueled by certain foods which is really kind of a an interesting thing. It, it almost feels in some way uh, similar to Mistborn, but whereas in Mistborn they're you know, swallowing flakes of metal in order to burn them, in this they're actually eating certain foods that give them magical power, but the food, like your body still digests it. So once your body has digested it, you no longer have the, 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 the ability to use that magical power. So it's interesting. And then different people have different powers. Um, there are people who can sort of slow down time. There are people who can, uh, can, fly. There are people who, or at least kind of float through the air, maybe more so than fly, but, but there are people who are extremely strong as a result of, of using their magic. There are people who can, can read minds. There are all these different uses, but they're all fueled by this, these, these sorts of foods that give magical energy uh, as they're, they're digested or whatnot. So it was really kind of a, a interesting, unique magic system in that way. And as you know, I love magic systems. Characters were also really engaging in this one. I, I thought in particular, the author did a great job of telling a big sprawling epic story, but keeping the character-wise, keeping the viewpoints down to only two viewpoints, and then maybe there might have been like a, a another a different viewpoint, like early on, like in a prologue or something. I can't quite remember, but it was a great time, uh, or I had a great time reading this book, uh, *Beggar's Rebellion*. I believe *Popper's Empire* is the sequel, uh, and that's out. And in fact, the third book may already be out, or or may be coming out soon. So th- this is definitely on my list to to complete uh, this series. It was a lot of fun. Uh, engaging characters and whatnot. Again, I'll have a full review out um, in probably, a, a, again, a, a week or two on this one. But really enjoyed it. Think it's well worth your time. You ought to check it out. Beggar's Rebellion by Levi Jacobs. This week, uh, after I finished Beggar's Rebellion, I began reading... Uh, Arm of the Sphinx by Josiah Bancroft. And this is the sequel to Senlin Ascends. And I really enjoyed Senlin Ascends. Everyone really enjoys Senlin Ascends. It is a wonderful book, one you should absolutely check out if you have not already. If you, like me, somehow managed to read Senlin Ascends and for whatever reason did not move directly onto Arm of the Sphinx, uh, I'm only a few chapters in. I have not had a whole lot of time to read this week, as I mentioned, but very much worth it. You should check out Arm of the Sphinx by Josiah Bancroft. I am enjoying it so far and we'll have more to say on that. Hopefully I'll finish it this coming week. And so uh, you'll hear more about that on next week's podcast. 
So that wraps up the books that I have read this last week. Like I said, not a whole lot uh, in comparison to what I'm often reading or the pace at which I'm often reading, but that's okay. I've had a lot of time to, uh, to do some other fun stuff. For the upcoming week, I am hoping to, as I mentioned, finish Arm of the Sphinx and then begin Age of Swords. This is by Michael J. Sullivan. It is the third book in his Legends of the First Empire series. And uh, again, somehow I've not read this. I'm, I'm not sure why that is, but it's the case. So uh, I'm hoping next week to begin Age of Swords and, and hopefully finish it as well. I'll have more to say on that whenever I have finished it, but uh, I know I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Sullivan's Legends of the First Empire series is one of my like favorite modern fantasies that's done in like a classic kind of vein. And I, I really just enjoy it. I think it's a great time. And uh, if you have not started that series, it begins with age of myth and I can wholeheartedly recommend that to you. It's a great read coming up uh, this week uh, in terms of upcoming releases. And again, I cannot possibly name every release that is coming up in any given week. So you you really get a very skewed perspective. You get books that are interesting to me. Maybe uh, I've read other books that the author has done or the blurb has sounded interesting. I got an arc of it. For whatever reason, it's on my radar. And uh, actually on my radar uh, this week is The Greatwood Portal. Uh, the Greatwood Portal, Portal is the third book in um, the series. I actually can't remember what it's called. Uh, Heroes of Spira, I think. Uh, the Heroes of Spira series, which is by Dorian Hart. And uh, the series began with the Ventifact Colossus, continued with book two, The Crosser's Maze, and then book three here, The Great Wood Portal. And that releases this coming Friday, August 15th. I have read the Vantifact Colossus. I thought it was a, a lot of fun. It, it did a good job of kind of combining uh, humor and lightheartedness in uh, with, uh, with kind of this big epic plot. Uh, you can check out my re review for that on Goodreads. If I think about it, I'll try to include that uh, in the the show notes for this episode, uh, but no guarantees that I'll remember that. In any case, uh, the Ventifact Colossus uh, was a good read, enjoyed it. I have not yet read The Crosser's Maze, uh, but I want to get to that because I'm very interested to get to The Great Wood Portal. I think the ebook may actually already be out, and it is the paperback that is releasing on August 15th. So that is one of the, uh, one of the things on my radar. That uh, that's coming up in terms of releases. Now, some stuff in the news or just just kind of happening around town, at least, if you will, in terms of uh, sci-fi fantasy uh, news and and upcoming things. Uh, first thing, uh, Spiffbo is just plugging along, and and different uh, blogs are selecting some of their uh, semifinalists and there was a discussion on Twitter briefly this past week. And I think it began as a result of the book Shadowless 
by Randall McNally. And I believe that's in Fantasy Book Critics group. And Mahir was was talking about that or linking to it and mentioned it as an example of the Godpunk subgenre. And although I have read Godpunk books before, I didn't realize that it was actually kind of this whole subgenre. So the sort of example of this subgenre that I think of is uh, City of Stairs by Robert Jackson Bennett. And uh, actually that whole uh, series of his uh, City of Stairs, City of Blades, City of Miracles. Great books, well worth your time. Absolutely, you should check them out. Robert Jackson Bennett is a phenomenal author. So definitely check those out. But anyway, there was this whole kind of discussion about Godpunk uh, on Twitter, at least briefly, that I saw. And that was that was just kind of fun. So if you haven't checked out the Godpunk subgenre, or if you weren't, if you like me were not aware that it even existed as a subgenre, then uh, definitely worth checking out. And it sounds like Shadow Shadowless by Randall McNally is a kind of a fun one. I've not read it yet, but it is definitely on my TBR. So be watching for that. Uh, who knows when I'll get to it, but hopefully in the next couple months. The other thing I wanted to mention, just in terms of sci-fi fantasy uh, stuff in the news, is some not books in this case, but TV shows. You know, I've said, if you've followed me on Twitter, you've read some of my reviews or whatnot, uh, or seen me interact on our fantasy, you know, I am very comfortable saying that we are in currently in sort of a golden age of fantasy literature. We're seeing all sorts of novels published in the fantasy genre. Uh, certainly we could even expand beyond just fantasy, say science fiction and fantasy, but I think particularly the, the fantasy side of it, we have tremendous, tremendous uh, traditionally published authors. Obviously Brandon Sanderson comes to mind, but uh, Brent Weeks, Robert Jackson Bennett, Katie Edwards doing kind of unusual, more contemporary or urbanish fantasy, but all over across all different subgenres, there are all of these really interesting uh, things being published traditionally, but I think especially in the self-published world, the probably half or more of what I read is self-published fantasy anymore. I love traditionally published fantasy still, but self-published fantasy is doing things that are unique. They are, uh, these authors are coming up with ideas that, for whatever reason, aren't getting published traditionally, but they are providing great stories, wonderful characters, uh, unique magic systems set in absolutely fascinating worlds. Uh, they're just a lot of fun. And so I think we're in a, in a golden age of fantasy literature. But it's also interesting to me that some of that is spilling over into other media. Of course, Game of Thrones is sort of the uh, the big mainstream example of that. But releasing at the end of August is uh, Age of Resistance, uh, The Dark Crystal. It's uh, like a, a prequel TV series, prequel TV show coming to Netflix for, for Jim Henson's uh, The Dark Crystal uh, from back in the 80s. 
so they're reviving this kind of fantasy world, doing something interesting in it. The trailer looks really awesome. So I'm interested to see on August 30th when that releases what that's like. Netflix is, actually has a number of other fantasy kind of shows. The Dragon Prince is a good example of a Netflix original that is definitely absolutely fantasy. Uh, the uh, new She-Ra, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, or whatever the the remake, the Netflix remake of that. Again, an example of uh, some great fantasy concepts that are that are coming to sort of a mainstream, you know, the largest streaming service, and even something like Stranger Things, which has been a huge success for Netflix, definitely has elements of contemporary or urban fantasy to it. Um, paranormal, uh, that kind of thing. It's, it kind of blurs the line between fantasy and science fiction, but it's a lot of fun. So a lot of stuff like that coming out. And actually, what I was most interested in is I realized that Carnival Row, which is coming to Amazon Prime Video as an original series of theirs, also releases on August 30th. And so you actually have two competing fantasy series from the big streaming services, Amazon and Netflix kind of releasing and, and directly competing. And it, to me, it's interesting that the two services are choosing to compete with one another with two live action fantasy shows. I think that shows the mainstream appeal that fantasy is having uh, now. And it's just kind of something interesting to me and and worth maybe keeping an eye on, particularly with The Witcher uh, releasing, I believe, by the end of 2019 here. So lots of fantasy appearing in other media that I think bears watching and, and is definitely kind of an interesting, interesting thing. That about wraps it up for today. So thank you so much for listening. I uh, will have, uh, I hope to have midweek a new interview uh, dropping for you. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, this uh, past week's interview with Deck Matthews and uh, got an interview that I'll be doing here in the next couple days and should hopefully drop midweek. And uh, actually, I've got a number of interviews lined up that I'm really excited about and uh, look forward to to recording those and getting them uh, into your hands to listen to because uh, it's just a great lineup of, of folks uh, that I'm really looking forward to getting to talk to and talk with them. Some of them are authors, some of them are bloggers, um, and I'm looking forward to getting to talk to them about their books or about what's gotten them into blogging, about fantasy stuff in general, and I think you're really going to enjoy these. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, there should hopefully be, for the next several weeks, a, an interview episode dropping sometime midweek each week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already done so, consider subscribing to the podcast and uh, sharing it with your friends. Thanks so much.